Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about using your iPad to be productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show. This episode is sponsored by Glisten. Learn a language by listening. Learn more at www.glisten.ist. But I'm running the clipboard manager paste on the iPad mini, and because of universal clipboard, I can copy and paste to my heart's content on the iPad, and there's a whole history of it building on my iPad mini, and all I have to do is reach over and tap the thing I need on the iPad mini, and it's now back in my clipboard on the iPad Pro, and it's and it works. Welcome back to another episode of Apple Pros. We're joined today by Wes Hilliard from Apple Insider. Wes began his iPad as a primary computer journey back in 2019 and spent two years being iPad only, and then two years later gave the Mac a try with the 14-inch M1 MacBook Pro and realized that was overkill and is now back to the iPad as his primary computer. In this episode, we dive into the journey, the accessories he uses with the iPad, and the apps he uses to do his job at Apple Insider. We also discuss at length his experience of using the iPad for game streaming using Camo. Oh, Wes is also a big fan of the iPad Mini, and we touch on how he uses that in combination with his iPad Pro. If you want to support this podcast, the best thing you can do is go out and download and try Glisten. Glisten is the Good Listen podcast app for language learners. It's all you need to immerse yourself in a language on the path to becoming fluent. I'll be sharing more about Glisten later on in this episode, but for now, download Glisten for iPad, iPhone, and Apple Watch. As a reminder, you can also support the podcast over at patreon.com slash iPadPros or by subscribing in Apple Podcasts. By supporting the show at either place, you'll get early access to both iPadPros and Vision Pros. The yearly rate on Apple Podcasts is heavily discounted and a great option to get that early access all year long to both shows. My thanks to everyone that supports the show. It is greatly, greatly appreciated. With that, here's my discussion with Wes. Enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Wes. Well, hello, Tim. I've been following you for a while. This is interesting. Glad to be on the show. Yeah, I've, I've heard your voice uh, on the Apple Insider podcast and uh, followed you on the Mastodon, and uh, it's good to finally... I'll be able to chat with you today. Well, it's weird people hear me. I mean, I talk on a podcast, but uh, I always just thought I was the only listener. So there we go. Right? Yeah. Uh, it's that thing where you know, if podcasters walk down the street and they're talking. It's like people turn their heads; they don't know what they look like, really. You know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, for those who don't know who you are and don't listen to Apple Insider, they should be. Uh, can you share a bit on your background and um, what you do over there at Apple Insider? All right. Well, it depends on how in-depth we want to get here. But basically, um, I'm relatively new to the field. Uh, I was in the Navy for 10 years doing something completely different. I was uh, in, in, in engineering. Basically, I was an electrician in the nuclear department on a carrier. And then I ran my own electrical division on like uh, these small ships called LCUs. Uh, so I was doing all that for about 10 years. And then in 2019, I separated and got picked up by Apple Insider almost by accident. I just happened to be kind of poking around the idea of doing some technical writing like about technology, Apple, and uh, Apple Insider was a good fit, fell into place, and I've been there for about four years and slowly picked up some responsibilities. So nowadays, I am basically the <laughs> well I'm, I'm on staff as an assistant editor that's like my technical title but i also do seo management and social media for the company and i'm also you know one of the co-hosts of the apple insider podcast uh so I, i'm 
keeping a lot of balls in the air over there uh, at Apple Insider. So it's kind of complicated, but I'm a little bit of everything at the company. <laughs> okay. I'd imagine the SEO world has changed drastically in the past four years. SEO is probably, it's hard to explain. It's not really my favorite part of the job, but it's like a necessary evil because of how Google works. So I understand how it works and what to do to make something rankable, but, uh, and it's kind of infused into the way I write, but I don't try to think about it too much. I just focus on the writing and on the story and everything. But yeah, it's definitely continues to evolve and continues to be slightly frustrating because we're kind of fighting with this black box and Google continues to insist that, um, it's all in the documentation, but we see so many, so much evidence to the contrary, and it really has ruined the internet and ruined the way that coverage has to happen. And if anyone ever has a question about like, why is Apple Insider writing this? Why is the headline this way? Why? Why are these links highlighted this way in the text? You know, why, you know, what's going on here? The answer is almost always SEO. And please, you know, if you ever feel the need, you can message me on Mastodon or even email us. Our emails are usually attached to the articles we write. Um, be happy to explain why Google has ruined the internet. But, um, yeah, it, I, I hope that maybe there's a day in the future where we all revolt and overthrow this Google overlord. But right now it's just kind of dictating how we present content. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So what role does the iPad play in your computing life t these days? Well, now it's um, come back full circle. Uh, and we can get into this, but I've basically replaced everything back to being iPad only. So right now I'm sitting in front of an iPad Pro on a stand. Um, we are communicating over a MacBook, but that's because Apple still hasn't given us a good way to control audio intents on an iPad. We can't record audio while talking on a FaceTime call. Um, so yes, this is being recorded on a Mac. I know it's sinful on the iPad Pro's podcast, but my general day-to-day -day setup is the iPad Pro connected through a Thunderbolt dock to a studio display, external keyboard, trackpad, and I have an iPad mini on the side for um, extra little tidbits, so we can get into all that. But where iPad started for me, and what's funny is, um, so I, I actually got into the Apple ecosystem in about 2014. Before then, I was, you know, hardcore Android all the way. I owned, you know, the, like, it, it was terrible for me financially because um, I'm... Well, every the month tech. there's a new flagship phone, right? Yes. Yeah. And I'm one of those tech people who needs to have the latest and greatest. So Samsung, Sony, uh, whatever have you, like every few weeks there'd be something new. And I'm like, man, I really want to try that feature. And luckily I was in the military so I could afford it, but it was really stupid of me to continue to live that way. And then finally, for some reason, something clicked and I landed on Apple. And it wasn't until... Um, later when the iPad pro, um, began surfacing and Apple seemingly was, uh, more interested in making the iPad into what you'd call a professional computer replacement that I started dabbling. And of course, as a lot of us were, I was, um, inspired by Federico Vitici over at Mac stories and his work on iPad. And it kind of gave me the idea that I don't need to buy two computers anymore. I don't need to buy an iPad pro and a MacBook or an iMac. I could just do it all in one machine and um, kind of just went from there. So when I actually joined Apple Insider in 2019, I was iPad only. Um, and if <laughs> if your readers recall, or uh, sorry, listeners, if your listeners recall, in 2019, the iPad did not have official cursor support. 
And did, I love how no, you say official cursor sports because it's uh, so it assistive was a, touch, right? Officially unofficial. So yes, it was assistive touch. We had the giant red or blue cursor dot that you know it was, and you it could did use the job. The Citrix X One mouse, right? Um, I just bought a random mouse and it worked. It worked. Uh, okay. Yeah, and then I programmed shortcuts to the side buttons and stuff. So I was making, I was forcing this device to work for me and it and it and it did its job luckily early days um i my job's much more complex now but early days it was mostly just technical writing browser text block keyboard and that's you know and every now and then i would have to go manipulate the text and the assistive touch was enough but even then though thinking back like i was going through photos of my desk setups uh in january i implemented my ultrafine display into my setup and it, it reminded me wow, we haven't always had uh, full-screen external display support. That's recent, but it feels like it's always been there just because I, for some reason in my head, it just, it, it's been there long enough now that I don't forget the, I've, I've forgotten the before times, the the dark times of mirror displays. And, uh, but yes, I, I actually worked for Apple Insider for my first two years only on an iPad and it was <laughs> interesting, but Apple actually made it much easier very quickly for me. So that was March 2020 when we got those updates and the new Magic Keyboard and, and trackpad support and everything really kind of fell into place and it kind of, again, clicked and said, you just got this job and you've been doing this kind of in a hacky way, but now Apple's giving you the official way. And that really set it into stone as I'm working from this computer. Yeah. No, uh, it's kind of amazing the slow progression that we now look back. It's like, oh, we did that way. Like I we used back. to not have we used to not have file system support like uh, not proper anyway <laughs> like just thinking back to even 2019 how I organized my files and photos and uh, and uh, text documents was just different because the files app was not great it was just app based and you couldn't you could hook you could not hook up external hard drives stuff like that which is now super great that you can do yeah in the early days I I used that Citrix X1 mouse with Jump Desktop. And uh, you could use a mouse if you're remoting into like a Mac or something. And it was a special mouse built for that app kind of thing. Oh, that's funny. I, I remember experimenting a lot with different applications to try. And w one of the things that inspired me to, to go all in on Apple was because uh, I think 2014 might be important to some people who, who've been around for a while because that's when Apple really leaned into something called um, what's what's the word for sharing everything across devices it's a uh, <laughs> it's how you see the app icons in your dock oh um, yeah the <laughs> it, th th this is how old this technology is yeah i know uh, what you're talking about uh, you can you can turn it off um i've done this before because some people right. family don't like it but but yes it's it's uh, gosh it's it'll come to me in five minutes but uh it, it basically the idea that all the computers are talking to each other um, and if you're part of Apple's ecosystem, uh, continuity, I'm sorry, continuity That's is it. There right. we go. So Apple introduced the concept of continuity in 2014. Like right now, my iPhone's saying, do you want to move this FaceTime call to your iPhone? It's like, no, Yeah, just not. take a walk. Take a walk around your living room, maybe. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Um, yeah, it, it's it's interesting how it's evolved. But just, again, just to get to the iPad point, continuity is what led us to making the iPad better because of universal control now is part of that continuity system right and everything copy pasting between ipad iphone or iphone yeah. and mac even is the thing so so as part of my use case and uh 
for for my iPads, why there's an iPad Mini always on while I'm working is it's running paste. And interestingly, I can, you know, I that's one thing I, I needed to emulate from the Mac that I that I wish Apple would implement is a clipboard management system. But I'm running the clipboard manager paste on the iPad Mini, and because of Universal Clipboard, I can copy and paste to my heart's content on the iPad and there's a whole history of it building on my iPad mini. And all I have to do is reach over and tap the thing I need on the iPad mini. And it's now back in my clipboard on the iPad pro and it's, and it works. So the mini is just there kind of running this app kind of as a accessory computer. Mm -hmm. You don't have to interact with the mini at all. It's just ambiently capturing your, your clipboard. Yes. And so there's two windows open on the iPad mini. Um, the other one is Slack and uh, anyone who works for a company with Slack knows that Slack is very temperamental. And if you leave the window, the green dot turns off and now you're no longer at work. So, <laughs> uh, so I keep Slack running and then I keep paste running at all times on the iPad mini. And that, sadly, that's just the place that iPad mini has fallen. And, um, we'll get into it later, but I have plans for a future that'll free up the iPad mini. Um, by using my spare Mac as kind of a server computer to run all of these silly things in the background. So I don't have to have my iPad mini wasting its resources on that. Sure. Yeah. And your iPad Pro, it's the M1 or M2 or 2021? So M- M1, so 2020. Um, so 2021, I think. Oh, 20, yeah, 21. That's right. Because yeah. 20 is when the M1 actually came out. Um, yeah. 2020, we had the um, Magic Keyboard with the uh, camera enhancements right. to the iPad Pro. Right. So I've actually owned every iPad Pro um, since the iPad Pro came out. And I remember the first time I opened the box thinking, is this a joke? Like, <laughs> it's so large, especially coming from like a 10.5 inch iPad. You open the box and it's like almost like one of those novelty gag things that makes your that's like a giant candy bar <laughs> and you're looking at it like wow is this really an ipad and then they've you know refined it to the flat sides but i've, I've owned everyone up to the m1 and the m2 just did not entice me i didn't i i am an apple pencil user but i'm not that much of a user so hover was all they really added that was new for the consumer side and m1 didn't feel slow and it still doesn't feel slow so especially for my workflows so yeah, I'm still on the M1 iPad Pro, 12.9 inch, one you know one terabyte of storage, cellular data. <laughs> yes, yeah, of the course. one terabyte also gets you the more RAM, so that's uh, a nice thing to do. The RAM that I don't think any professional app actually takes advantage of. Some games do, but I, I don't know of anyone that actually the the application system, the layer below the application, does kick that in if it needs to um so it can you know manage more tabs in safari and stuff like that but as far as like an app loading up that much ram there's probably very few if any that yeah, actually use that luma fusion has stopped crashing for me when i leave it in the background and i wonder if it's part of the ram story with that ipad or not yeah i, I definitely think it's better for stuff like stage manager where you're going to have more things running um at once but even then, stage manager is tricky because it doesn't really let anything run in the background unless it specifically has permission to. It's an oddity. That's that's the that's the black box. That's the iPad where uh, all of us who are actually iPad Pro users who maybe go all in on this system know that as much fun as it is to use, there are some odd limitations and odd workarounds that you have to get through. It is interesting the stage manager situation where I've got 16 gigs of RAM. Can I have? Um 
eight windows instead of my four that the eight gigabyte people get but but no <laughs> right i mean and so the funny thing with me is i often feel a little bit of uh what you would call what's what's the word um imposter syndrome because like i know that i'm using my ipad in a professional way but i don't you know i'm not a coder i'm not building apps i'm not building you know complex graphical designs and stuff like that but i'm still utilizing it in a way that consumers wouldn't so right. it's 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 funny to walk that line knowing do you um is editing the apple insider podcast your role or is that what steven does uh, Steven handled it. Um, now I believe William's going to be running some of that. We're, we're, we're going to, we're discussing getting me trained up in editing because that's just something I've never had to handle. Remember this, this industry is new to me. Yeah. Ferrite's a fun, a fun thing that ferrite's a fun thing to do with the iPad. I will say like, I, I do I, like, that's the one reason why I wouldn't mind taking over some editing responsibilities. I already have too many things on my plate, but I might as well add one more. Um, like I've definitely considered it. Like I've heard Ferrite's just really intuitive, and it's still work. Like you it know, is. I've, I, you know, it's still you're it. still editing a podcast. Yeah, but. <laughs> they they added the two x playback speed during editing, which is is just a godsend for editors because yeah. you can edit twice as quickly, pretty much. <laughs> for sure, and uh, yeah, it, it's definitely something I need to get into, if only to alleviate some responsibility from William. But um, no. I don't edit the podcast, and I'm not running video over here. We have our own video person, Andrew. If anyone goes to the Apple Insider YouTube, he's actually kind of a one-man machine over there. He's um, the guy that is also on HomeKit Insider? He Yes, he he's a co-host on HomeKit Insider, um, and Stephen also handed ed- editing that podcast. So, again, we'll see how we're going to handle that going forward. Um, but, yes, that pretty much all felt Steven and he was obsessed with the iPad mini and ferrite on there Mm -hmm. and editing from, you know, his back porch or whatever. So definitely, definitely a good iPad use case editing podcast for sure. And you guys use fireside, which is, uh, Uh, not fireside, uh, riverside, riverside. Sorry. What is fireside river (laughs) river? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Riverside. Well, you're at the fire. Yeah. But riverside, which means you can do all this from the iPad. You don't need the Mac like we're doing today with FaceTime. To, to record yeah so uh for anyone curious my current ipad setup so i've written it down so i can get it all in one go <laughs> it's it's pretty fun so i have the ipad 12.9 inch ipad pro um hooked up to what you'd call a qq magnetic arm like and it's you can look it up there's a review on apple insider um but it hovers the iPad above the desk, and it's one of those magnet, one of those arms that you can move it freely. And the iPad attaches b- via its back, back magnets. There's no grips or anything, um, so that's really nice. And then it's Thunderbolt connected through a Starduck, uh, Stardock Thunderbolt four dock with a bunch of ports and external th- uh, Thunderbolt connections through that to the Studio display. And then I have the Keychron Q3 Pro SE keyboard magic trackpad because it's the only trackpad in existence that's worth getting and then um something else we'll get into i have the asus uh i believe tough uh 4k 30 streaming box connected through the uh, thunderbolt dock and then we also discussed the ipad mini and yeah it's a it's a pretty nice little desk setup i'm i'm i've been working on this for years the evolution of it has been quite interesting if anyone follows me on social media going from 
desk to desk, device to device, but I've, I'm pretty happy with where I've landed, and this is probably where it's going to stay for a while. What's the keyboard you're using? Keychron. Is that a multiple multiple device um, so keyboard? I hardwire I hardwire everything. Um, so, but but technically, yeah. If 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 I switch it over to Bluetooth, there's a command where I can switch between three radios to okay. switch between devices if I wanted to. But yeah, I was wondering if the iPad Mini, if there would be utility in uh, doing the multi device thing with that. With well, Mini. so that's that's what I was going to get into, and um, even your iPhone potentially. <clears throat> potentially. Um, those devices are pretty static. The iPhone, actually, I have a, uh, I believe it's the Nomad, um, charging base what that lets it do standby mode. And, um, so the iPhone actually is in front of the keyboard in standby mode. Um, and I can, I usually have the now playing music on that. So I can have quick controls, um, for that because my home pods, I have two home pods in the office that are usually playing something. Um, and then the iPad mini and iPhone, there's just no keyboard tasks for those. Uh, yeah. Slack, funny enough, Slack's running on the iPad mini, but if I need to message someone, you I open, open it on the iPad Pro. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's that, kinda, that's. The, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. The, the iPhone, it's kind of nice with the Bluetooth keyboard. Like, it's a nice little tiny, just one app screen that's like, it's nice to just like knock out some text and. I've, <laughs> I've said it before, but the. The perfect computing device, if the, this futuristic thing that Apple's never going to do, would be an iPad Mini that was just everything. Just give me, give me an iPhone camera, give me the um, M2 or M3 processor, give me the 120 hertz ProMotion display, Thunderbolt connection, yes. eight inch screen, and then just replace everything. I don't need an iPhone. I don't need an iPad Pro plug it into an external display, you know what I mean? Like, and that, and then AirPods to do phone calls, you know? So yeah. just one, one guy to rule them all. That'll never happen, but that's Well, what you need is the Apple watch to become the, your main phone. And then the iPad oh, is just your, your accessory to that. You know? Yes. Or the humane AI pen could just be my phone. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, of course. <laughs> um, no, but it, it's definitely a, an interesting setup. So, like, my iPad Mini is actually kind of my main device most of the day. It it goes with me. Um, I have like, I, I usually have it in a pocket or something nearby just to use um, as I'm moving around the house. The iPad Pro really has evolved into just being a work machi- machine, and uh, it's mostly used in the office or you know if I'm doing work somewhere else in the house, it comes with me on the Magic Keyboard. But it really has just kind of turned into that kind of thing. And every now and then it kind of comes back to being consumerish. Like I'll, I'll check out a video game like from Apple Arcade on the big screen or, or run it on the studio display or I'll use Discord. But I've been trying to find ways to bring it back more into my personal use case because it used to be my personal computer. I just don't compute that way anymore because I spend all my time working on it. It's kind of funny. Yeah, and the mini seems so much more fun to just walk around and hold and use as a tablet. It's the best iPad, uh, best iPad as a tablet for sure. Like, if you're looking for like Steve Jobs' vision of sitting on the couch reading the newspaper, or you know that kind yeah. of thing, this is that iPad, and uh, I, uh, Apple really hit it out of the park with that. Are you more likely to update that iPad when the mini gets its next update versus the M3 iPad Pro? Oh, I'm doing both. So I skipped, I I think we got off track, but I skipped the M2 generation for a reason. It just didn't feel like there was enough there. 
but M3 actually checks a lot of boxes uh, that I, I want to have in my ecosystem. Okay. But 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 for sure, iPad Mini. Yes, as soon as because it's it's getting actually the older. Um, it it definitely needs an update, and I'm very curious as to how they're going to update it this cycle. But yes, the iPad Mini Seven is definitely on my purchase list. So your computering tasks for Apple Insider, <laughs> SEO writing. Um, what, what's, what, what's the hit list of things you currently do with your iPad for work? So generally speaking, uh, so I'm on the studio display with the iPad pro right off to the right hovering next to it. Um, so I'm usually running three, four apps at the same time. I'm not a heavy windowing user. Uh, so stage manager has been great, but I'm not, I don't have 15 things open at once. Every now and then I might have three windows on the same screen, but that's mostly rare. Um, and is the iPad screen utilized in some way? Yeah, so that, that's that's what I was getting at. So um, my job kind of all blends together. So all those titles become kind of just one big job because uh, my daily job is I, I work the evening shift. Um, so I, I actually go into work around um, 3 p.m. till about 11 or so. And uh, I'm on my own. So I'm in charge of finding the news and covering it. Um, so, and, but I'm also in charge of maintaining social media. So on my iPad screen, um, I'll usually have four apps open, actually using all four apps, um, which is Mastodon, Twitter. Yes, I know. Uh, but, but we're on there. Um, I have, uh, net news wire for RSS and, oh, Apple news, uh, open that, that, that was a recent addition because, um, there's a few uh, companies that publish through Apple News pretty quickly, and if you follow the Apple um, channel, it actually updates uh, almost faster sometimes than social media can. But those are my four apps open, and then I have a Threads Instagram page available on another um, stage, <laughs> but uh, that that's my basically amalgamation of here's social media, here's your news RSS, but all of that feeds into... I'm constantly keeping my eyes open for what's new, what's news coverage for the night, but also, so on the main screen, I'm running stuff like Pixelmator or uh, Photomator for uh, editing images. Uh, Then I have Affinity Design for creating images, so it really just depends on which pipeline I need for for generating an image. Um, I use Pixel. Sorry, I, I do this every time. Pick sew. It's like sewing. Um, so for generating uh, framed iPhone images and then importing it to Designer. So that I have a whole image pipeline together. Um, I actually write in drafts. Everything I do is in drafts. Um, there's probably tens of thousands of documents inside drafts I'll never look at again, but I never delete anything. I just create a new draft, write what I'm going to write, and then I take it to where I need it to go. Um, and because the number one rule that includes social media posting from draft, um, not, well, it depends on how complex it is because sometimes you need the same posts in different places Yes, and we have a, we have a, one and of those posting tools. And sometimes you want to be drafting in the client so you know how much, I mean, characters you have to play with. Right. Well, drafts tells you that too. And, um, actually I use drafts a lot for counting characters cause it's important for headline creation uh, and stuff like that. But um, drafts is pretty much my default go-to, but I actually also employ IA Writer, 
um, because IA Writer, you can create your own internal file system, and it, it, it's uh, you can make it reliant on the files app as well. So you're generating through the app a file structure, and what I've done, uh, well, I'll get to that in a second because that's 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 actually kind of interesting. Uh, but so drafts is always open next to Safari; those two windows just co- coincide. Um, and then I have stuff like files and mail and stuff like that on the main screen. So my job uh, generally is the news, but when there's no news to do, I have other things, right? So I'm writing reviews for the website and uh, that's processing images. I'm taking Im- photos with my you know, DSLR, sometimes my iPhone. You'll be surprised actually how many reviews I just photograph with my iPhone. Uh, I wonder if anyone can usually tell the difference. Let's see, so I use I use uh, external tools like Timery tracks my time. Grammarly's great because yes, even though on iPad, I, I can't track everything I'm writing, I can take the text from drafts, paste it into Grammarly, get my grammar, all that stuff checked, and then take that text to the publisher in Safari and get it into our our Apple Insiders publishing system, get everything up to date, publish. You know, so that's basically my my news workflow. Yeah. So you're not using their uh their weird keyboard their weird keyboard thing. Oh Grammarly. So Grammarly, yeah, uh it's weird. So I I do not use alternative keyboards, um, and it doesn't work with hardware keyboards, funny enough. So it, it wouldn't even activate while it's connected through the dock. Um, but they do have a Safari extension that I have turned on for our um, publishing website, and that's the only place it's turned on for. But it's hit and miss. I, honestly, using the app is the best way to go, and it, it works fine um, because you just – I don't even actually create new documents in Grammarly. I just have one document that I overwrite every time. Um, but that workflow is pretty seamless. Um, I actually can get from, I see a news item to publication within 15 to 20 minutes. And that's like three, 400 words, depending on what it is, because my workflow has gotten pretty efficient. Uh, I actually use shortcuts with my drafts. So Slack has the shortcuts app open next to it on the iPad. So I switch to that window and then have drafts open on the, um, stage manager on, or I'm sorry, on the studio display. And if I need to link something, like uh, I have separate shortcuts for generating Amazon affiliate links or um, just generated standard links like to our website by highlighting the text and hitting a button in drafts that runs a shortcut on uh, the iPad. So, um, yeah, so that's all pretty streamlined. And drafts has a way to do this internally. So it's taken some time, but a lot of my text manipulation can happen through shortcuts pretty easily. And um, getting to the next point I wanted to say, I I know I'm rambling, but hey, I'm on a podcast. Uh, (laughs) That's your job right now. Right. So um, my other job, so when I'm not doing news, which is can sometimes be an entire shift, sometimes just be, you know, 15 minutes, uh, I have other projects. And this is where the SEO side comes in. And if anyone's ever curious, I don't know, guys, go navigate Apple Insider. If you're ever in an article... And you see the word, I don't know, iPhone 15, uh, MacBook Pro. Like if you see a device name highlighted, you click it and it takes you to what we refer to as kind of our internal wiki. Oh, it's I run it. It's not a Wikipedia. I know everyone can edit wiki, whatever. But I run this thing. It's We call it our inside pages. It's actually in the URL slash inside. So if you ever find yourself on a slash inside slash like iPhone, iPhone 15 device name, insert here, um, I'm I'm the manager for that, 
and we have like something like, I don't know, it's nearly 200 pages at this point that I have to go through and keep up to date with all the, the new information. <laughs> yeah, it, it gets a little overwhelming, but I have a whole system for that too on the iPad using reminders. Um, but yeah, I, I encourage everyone to go poke around our inside pages sometime. Um, they're just, they're just fun little informational things. Here's usually, usually it's the rumor cycle. Like here's, because uh, I'm also, if you look at my title, like should I buy this Mac Mini right uh, now? Kind of. Uh, we actually don't do that. I know. I know. Like Mac Rumors has like a green, red check mark kind of system. Um, mine's mostly informational. It's this is what this device is. These are the specs for it. This is what Apple calls it. Like it's really just very much informational. This is when it came out. This is when it was updated. These are the rumors for the next device. Anyway, long story short, think of it like a wiki. And so I run this. And that's where IA Writer comes in. So I have a structured file system in IA Writer for all the inside pages, where I keep canonical versions of the inside pages. I take the text to from drafts, paste it in, and then do my SEO work for calculating density and all that nonsense. All there, pcalc's open next to IA Writer all the time for doing those calculations. And then anytime I need to, I, and it's fully searchable, I can find certain text. Like, it's a, it's a great... I love as a writer... That you know, pcalc is like a, a tool in your tool set, like calculations as a yeah. As a so author. that's half of half of SEO's calculations, which is really weird. Um, you have to know how many times a word appears in a piece. Uh, but yes, so like that's kind of my writing setup, and um, pretty like again, I've been refining this for years. There's always room for improvement. But sorry, if this is all really boring to the listeners, but I just. Uh, like when it comes to writing, there's a lot of tools involved. I think a lot of people think that you guys that we just open Publisher and Safari and we just work there all day. And uh, like I would our, not advise it, especially on iPad Safari. Um, oh no, yeah. I mean, it, it, for anyone who doesn't know, if you if you're writing text in a browser, um, more than ten words, probably don't because. All it takes is one like browser crash or refresh, and all that text is gone. So yeah. nobody, nobody who knows what they're doing works from inside a browser window for sure. What are the, what have been some of the biggest stories that have broken during your kind of your shift? Like I know op- OpenAI was going nuts uh, during the evening hours <laughs> recently. You know that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I don't. Actually, the OpenAI stuff was so convoluted that I kind of just um, let day shift handle it because because so much would happen on on the shift that it just it it would be lost on the readers. It didn't matter. It's like here's the twentieth update to the article here. Yeah, um, I get to have some fun. Like uh, I I I wrote a story titled um, "You're Still Going to Get Bullied for uh, Being a Green Bubble When RCS Arrives." Oh yeah. Um, so like that, that news arrived and nine to five actually, uh, got a hold of Apple and we, we covered the, that information that RCS will still be a green bubble text. Uh, Apple's not changing that when that comes along, uh, big news that's broken. I mean, I don't know. My brain doesn't categorize it that way. I'm just kind of doing the job. <laughs> um, so I, I don't, I don't have any distinct memories of anything. And I'd, I'd imagine during Apple's crazy. October event that was at night, the whole team, that was fun. The whole team. Yeah. Every- probably helps everyone yeah if it's an event it's all hands even if it's something weird like that which is probably never going to happen again but yeah we we're all usually there um turning away and even the 1 p.m events like we'll be at we can we might all be here until like six seven o'clock or uh earnings call is usually kind of a funny one because that's at four to five p.m 
and then we'll if, if there's a bunch of news there we're all working until eight nine o'clock but i missed the um, steve jobs days of the earnings calls they were much more entertaining so we'll yeah see. i don't really know why we cover them other than there's general interest but it's like everyone on earth covers them so it's not like we're gonna have anything new to add but yeah it's it's just one of those things that we we want to be part of the conversation so we do just in case something something crazy happens and Every now and then we get a little tidbit that's actually newsworthy from the earnings call. So it, it makes it worth it. And so during the first two years of using the iPad, you uh, started without uh, trackpad support. And then uh, 2020, we got that, the Magic Keyboard. And that was a great moment. <laughs> um, and then you know, Apple Silicon started to roll out. And uh, along for the ride meant... Uh, these these Macs started to get uh, the fancy iPad chips and uh, some uh, redesigns, which made them very appealing. So um, tell me a bit about this move in 2021 to see what the Macs were up to uh, at that point. Okay, so I'd used Mac before, so I wasn't totally alien to the system. But when I was using a Mac previously, I felt like, what am I? What am I using this thing for? I'm not a professional. I'm you know browsing the internet like anyone else. I'm using Reddit. I'm using Twitter. Uh, why do I have an entire Mac sitting here? So I, that was part of my reason for just kind of falling into iPad in the first place. Because overkill, I just did, yeah, I just felt like it was, it was a lot for nothing. It felt the classic, this is going to be controversial. And even on the iPads pro podcast, I'm sure someone's going to, uh, let me know, but I just felt like the desktop paradigm, Apple's Mac, MacBook, Mac OS was dated. It's, ancient it feels like i go back in time every time i use it like i'm 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 back in windows 2000 days of moving a cursor and clicking an icon and you know just wow bob i'm on the internet like it's just i I don't know It, it felt it felt very dated and it felt very utilitarian so it it and then the ipad felt fun whimsical new and just the way the operating system works the way the apps are designed it all just felt different in a way that's hard to kind of explain um but then apple silicon came about and i was like huh okay that's interesting but what really clicked was two things happening almost within a month of each other universal control getting announced and kind of saying hey you know that ipad you have sitting there um if you have a mac it gets superpowers but on top of that you get the new redesigned 14 inch macbook pro revitalizing the line uh from the sad 20 uh, 15 inch days uh and you know 16 inch did come around in 2019 but we kind of ignore that one um but like this was the revitalized computer new curved edge design um just everything about it it checked a dozen boxes at once and mac os was getting all of these new features and apple silicon was amazing it was just kind of a big euphoric rise for the Mac and everyone remembers that. And I just kind of got caught up in the storm and I was like, you know what? Let's try it. I want to see what working with universal control is like. And I ordered a 14 inch MacBook pro. I even wrote a whole story on Apple insider about my decision-making process and moving back to the Mac. And, um, that was in 21. So I was iPad only at Apple insider for two years. And, um, by the end of that two years, my job had actually grown into what it is now. 
Um, so it was already very complex, but I was still managing it from an iPad. So it always, I always had to laugh when I hear people say iPad's not a real computer, you can't do real work from it. And I'm just over here like, all right, what do you classify as work? And usually those people say, you know, coding or web development or networking. And I'm like, yeah, you're not going to use an iPad for that. Go buy, go buy a Mac, but that doesn't make the iPad any less, um, because of that. But anyway, so the MacBook uh, was interesting because it again it just it was all the new hotness. I came in, I got like a setup subscription, but I kind of started using it like an iPad. Funny enough, I I kind of just carried my workflows back from the iPad to the MacBook, set it up on the studio display, and again, even then, still no external display support for iPad. So I was like, wow, my studio display has a full screen now, <laughs> right? And uh, I set up the iPads next to it. Now I could move my cursor from, you know, MacBook to Studio Display to iPad Pro to iPad Mini seamlessly. Yes, there are glitches, but it's mostly refined at this point. And it all worked. Um, my workflow didn't actually change that much. Still wrote in drafts. Still utilized at the well, <laughs> Pixelmator Pro for my photo pipeline, which actually could be everything um the way pixelmator pro works i didn't need affinity i didn't need any other app i was able to do everything in there and i am begging that company please bring that to ipad and i will never need i will never ask for anything ever again um but yes i utilized the macbook pro for about two years funny enough so two years on ipad two years on macbook pro using a very similar workflow what's different though um was basically universal control clipboard management, um, stuff like, uh, I could have menu bar apps that do certain things. Um, I could run desktop Chrome, which was necessary for our affiliate system. There's a lot of links that you generate from an extension tool inside Chrome. Um, and actually that's one of only two reasons why I still need a Mac somewhere in my house while I'm at work. Um, yeah, so like that wasn't really an issue when I first got here, but sometimes I do help generate some of the text for these like sponsored posts or yada yada, or like a review will have a link that goes through a certain website. And again, you just need that Chrome extension that isn't available anywhere else. So yes, I would need to have a Mac available or I would have to go knock on one of our other employee stores every time I needed a link said, Hey, can you make this into an affiliate process link or whatever? And That's kind of wild. There's no like website you can go to to generate that. I've I've had it rolling around in the back of my head. I really want to create like a stupid 300 layer shortcut that just detects what the website is and generates the proper link and gives you the option to add the necessary parameters uh, with text input and outputs a properly aff- affiliated link. But that would take a long time to figure oh, out. Oh, I see. Because you're trying to do a, multiple. It's not just Amazon. It's like we have a thousand. No. Yeah. Gotcha. Amazon, I have a shortcut for because right. all. So I have a. It's, it's, it strips the unnecessary parts and then adds back our. It's like a four character thing or whatever. Yeah. But you and guys then, do affiliates. And now you for have like your link. Target.com and like other. Sure. Like BH Photo yeah. like is one. Or like, you know, if, I, if we want to sell something from nomad 
And yeah, I know people are rolling their eyes like eh, affiliates, whatever. But guys, you know that's how you, you pay make, the bills. I get it. You, you got to make money, you know. And so if you're ever out there trying to shop for something, go 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 to your favorite website and click on a link to that thing because you're helping people out doing that. Honestly, it, you're not losing any money doing that. Just just saying. No, just but, a big um, company like Amazon's losing a little bit of money. Yeah, they're, they're, you're taking a little off the top, you know. And you, there you go, anti-capitalism. There you go. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but. But yeah, so there's a lot of these websites like Nomads, Atechi, what what have you, that you can't just tag the end of the URL with a slash AI code three or whatever, and it works. That's just not how it works. You have to go through these like weird linking systems. So um, if you ever see a redirect when you click on a link, that's usually what it is. It's it's taking you through an affiliate portal. Uh, just some inside baseball there, guys. But um, and it's safe. Don't worry about it. But <laughs> I like, we're, don't worry. Apple Insider is not trying to do anything weird. We just want money. Um, but yeah, so that is just unavailable. It's just, it doesn't exist. And it would actually be really complex to try and generate the, the thing that would probably save me, which will never happen is if they take their extension and make it Safari compatible, which might make me able to add it to the iPad. But again, they're not interested in that. They don't care. They're just going to keep making their Chrome extension, but that's just, but yeah, that's one of two things, but um, What's the other thing? Podcasting. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I need to have that around to properly record audio while talking to someone. Uh, funny enough, I did podcast from an iPad only um, back in the early days when I joined the Apple Insider Podcast. And uh, you know how we did it. I I would take the call through Skype on my iPad mini and over an AirPod in my left ear and then have my microphone hooked up to the iPad Pro with, mm -hmm. uh, gosh, what is that recording software called? Is um, it Ferrite? It might have been Ferrite. You're right, yeah. That's same, same thing we were discussing for for editing, but you can record into it. So I would record into Ferrite with the AirPods Pro on my right ear so I could hear myself talking, left ear to them. So they got garbage audio from an AirPod over an iPhone a Skype call and we would just have to pray that the iPad recorded <laughs> properly everything. And then I would give them the origin file and they would replace my voice. Yeah. It's similar um, to how I do it, except I'm using a, a zoom H six audio recorder that gets my good mic. And then rather than AirPods, I'm just feeding um, your audio into the zoom H six to record that. And nice. I can hear you from that as well. Um, but yeah, yeah you, but even then you're getting some compression because we're over the internet. So I will right. be giving you my local file. Yeah, right? Exactly. That's and that's but what a lot of podcasters from the do. I've had microphone because there's no really good way to do that otherwise. Well, yeah. Well, the, a, a microphone connected to the iPad. So I was still using a professional microphone um, through the iPad Pro back in the day, and that and that all worked fine. And I and I, we never lost a recording. Um, every now and then something glitched, and I would have to split a recording in two. But I never had anything disappear, thankfully. Um, we never had to re-record audio, um, unless I just forgot to record it, but <laughs> which is, which will always be a thing, but yeah. So what got me interested in a Mac and why I, I shifted was, yeah, like that shift to Apple Silicon and, and universal control. And it, and it worked two years of doing that worked fine, but the creep started setting in of, I just, I'm, I'm not using the iPad to its full potential. It's become, it, it would be there next to the Mac and I would use apps on it. I would still, that, that it's still my social media control center because I don't, you know, none of that was really on the, on the Mac anyway. Like there was still a lot to it, but I wasn't doing my full job from it. I just, 
and I was really starting to feel the Mac again. I was like, okay, all this polish on top of Mac OS is great. Universal control is great, but it's still Mac OS. I'm still feeling like I'm being transported back in time. There's all these weird things, quirks. It feels like every app is kind of its own island. They're not even aware of each other the way they are on like iPad OS or, or iPhone. Um, it, it, it just started feeling old again. And, and, uh, and Apple kind of just said, you know, here you go. And, you know, stage manager and stuff on Mac OS is fine, but just something about it just started to turn me off again from it. And I just really got started getting curious. Do I want to use the iPad again? And funny enough, while this was happening, this is the era when, you know, I'm sure all of us iPad obsessed people listen to the podcast know that this is about the time that, uh, everyone else got disillusioned from the iPad and kind of quit the iPad and did their like sad boy posts on the internet of, I need to use the iPad the way it was meant to be used. You know, <laughs> right. John Voorhees. Uh, was Stage Federico Manager Bacucci. a thing at this point? So this is actually, I, Stage Manager was a thing. I used a Mac, Apple announced Stage Manager, external display support, all of that. And that was a very busy summer. But I just stuck with the Mac because it was still kind of messy, and yeah, it was, uh, there was pretty rough. That that's yeah, and there there was a vision there, but it wasn't complete. But iPad OS seventeen is what where the switch happened. So I actually have only just recently switched back to being iPad only in August. But um, and, and I mostly waited until the betas got stable and was sure that I could make it work. But yes, I'm pretty much back full iPad because of iPad OS 17, the stability of stage manager, external monitor supports. Perfect. Thunderbolt supports, uh, good to go. Everything's where it needs to be. Isn't it great? I mean, it's just, it's just, it's, it's wild how good this is right now. Yeah. Like we're, we're, we're finally 90% of the way there. I'm, I'm missing so little. Uh, it's, it's frustrating at this point, what doesn't work. And I really hope like, as everyone keeps wailing about podcasting, we might actually see something in on iPadOS uh, 18. I hope so, but, yeah. Because like, the initial external monitor support, you had the studio display, but it couldn't see that camera that was on that display until this year. Exactly. This episode of Epipros is sponsored by Glisten. Glisten is a different kind of podcast app that helps immerse you in a language you are learning. Glisten stands for Good Listen. It is the only podcast player app designed specifically for language learners. Listen to compelling foreign language podcasts on your way to language fluency. Glisten helps you learn by utilizing repetitive listening workouts, which are like a trip to the gym for your ears. Here are the workouts Glisten includes so far to help you make the most of the audio you're listening to. First up is Straight Up, which plays your audio at a normal speed with no repeats or pauses. Then there's the Easy Does It, which plays your audio slowly without repeats or pauses. Next is Breathing Room, which plays your audio at a normal speed without repeats, but includes short pauses. Next up is the Feng Shui, which plays your audio at a normal speed without repeats, but includes long pauses. Then there's the Do Over, which repeats each sentence once. Then there's the Three Times a Charm, which repeats each sentence twice. Next up is Ramping Up, which plays each sentence four times, starting slowly and speeding up each time. Then there's the didn't catch that. It plays your audio three times, slowly in the middle. And finally, for the listening workouts, there's the kitchen sink. This repeats often, with pauses, and is recommended for use with the most difficult of pieces. 
And finally, there are three speaking workouts designed to help you speak while you're listening. First up is the read my lips. This repeats each sentence twice, then gives time to repeat it yourself. Second is the slow shadowing. This plays your audio slowly twice with the goal of you trying to speak with the audio shadowing on the third time. Finally, there's the shadowing workout, which plays slowly three times and normally three times. Try to speak with the audio shadowing as much as possible. These workouts are accomplished using AI to determine where sentences start and end. The key to stepping beyond introductory language apps is to start listening to native speakers. Glisten immerses you in a foreign language, taking your listening comprehension to the next level. With Glisten, you can learn English, Spanish, French, German, Italian, Portuguese, Dutch, Japanese, Korean, and Chinese, with more languages coming soon. I'll have more to share about Glisten in the next episode, but for now, head on over to the App Store and download Glisten for iPhone, Apple Watch, and the iPad. It's free to download and get started with, and if you want even more from this app, give Glisten Pro a try to unlock the full feature set. My thanks again to Glisten for sponsoring this episode of Apple Pros. So there's there's 45 minutes on <laughs> on my um, workflows and, and why, but uh, I, I understand there was another reason you wanted to be on the show. Yeah, so I saw you and Mastodon starting to share a bit about game streaming from the iPad. So iPadOS 17 did something else interesting, um, which got me interested in trying the iPad again. Uh, game streaming, well, not even game streaming. Uh, and it, it was such an odd um, announcement that even Apple should have known what it could be used for. But they're just like, you can ex- you can attach external webcams. I'm like, okay, whatever. Moving on. You yeah, know, next who uses slide. external webcams? That's weird. Let's go buy an iPad yeah. camera. Yeah, and I was like, okay, cool. I can connect it to my studio display, and now I get you know the the webcam from the studio display. That's that's all fine and dandy, but who cares? But because I wasn't a heavy Mac user, legacy user, it didn't occur to me that this is how people record external video footage. UVC support is what it's called. Um, and when people started talking about, it, I was like, oh, neat. And w- uh, Apple Insider was actually one of the first um, publications to get out a full overview of hooking up a capture card to a Nintendo switch to an iPad and using it as kind of a portable monitor for Nintendo switch. That was the concept we were going for. But when I was writing that story, I was like, you can stream from this. And this was still in the beta days. This was still in the, there's no real apps for this yet. So I knew it wasn't possible at the moment, but it was coming. And when camo studio came out after iPad OS 17 released, it fell into place like, okay, this is going to work. And then again, Federico, because for some reason, everything he does just kind of clicks in my brain. It's like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. I'm going to do that too. He, he ordered this streaming box, but he, again, he ordered it because he wants to use the iPad as a monitor or, you know, for his, for his games. So that's why he bought it. But then I'm, but again, it clicked in my head streaming like and camo studio does have twitch applications and it just okay i gotta get this thing because the capture card i had before cost maybe 15 dollars, and it didn't have a headphone jack um so i could get all the video piped into camo i could get my head floating through the uh studio display webcam no audio for me nothing i could do because there's no audio intent control and in camo studio and other apps like it, 
and as you learned on a couple of episodes ago, I actually went back and listened to that. Um, the last connected iPad, uh, last connected device of the iPad is the controlling audio device. So you couldn't simultaneously connect camo, uh, the streaming device and a microphone cause it's going to choose one or the other. So you'd either hear me talking and no game audio or game audio and me just miming away in the corner. Finally, this, this answered it and <laughs> almost. So there was a lot of trial and error getting this set up. So again, through the, um, Thunderbolt, Thunder, sorry, Thunderbolt dock, all of this actually still working. I didn't actually have to do anything. I just plugged everything up through the streaming device, a USB a cable <laughs> to the dock. Cause it doesn't, it doesn't need USB C or Thunderbolt speeds to do this. Um, just one cable into the dock, bam, I'm in business, but I still couldn't hear myself talk. AirPods max is a digital to analog to digital to analog device. It, it goes through two full conversions on the wire and an old school analog adapter has no idea what's happening when you plug it in. So I went and got some headphones for my PlayStation. I can now hear myself, but I sound a thousand feet away because the microphone is being powered by the analog connection. <laughs> and unless I was, I, so I took off the headphones and just like talked very loudly into the little hole in the side of the headphone and finally could hear myself through the video. I was like, that's what it is. You need, I need a voice basically mod like analog voice modulated microphone, like actual analog microphone. So I went and got a headset from Best Buy because that's what you do and hooked it up. I can now hear myself at a very low volume. Oh no. <laughs> Did I just waste my money? Do I have to return this headset? And it finally kind of clicked to me. I need to update the software in this thing. I've never plugged it into a Mac. So I hooked oh, it up to my MacBook. Um, the, st the streaming box. Gotcha. Yeah. The, so the I hooked it up to my MacBook. Yeah. yeah. I, so again, fun. This is the fun thing about Thunderbolt. Took the one cord out of my iPad, plugged the one cord into my MacBook. Now my desk setup is my Mac, right? Mm -hmm. One cable. Lo love it. Didn't have to do anything else. It sees the capture card. I download the software. It's a full little studio. And in the settings is audio controls. So I could, I turned down the levels of the video game, turned up the levels of the microphone, hit save, hit update, everything, plugged it back into the iPad. I now have full audio, just no control, but I can hear myself speak. I can hear the video games in the, in the background. So annoyingly, I needed Mac software to get it done. Again, guys, come on. There's, there's, uh, there should be a little hardware knob for doing that. There should be hard. There should be two knobs for gain and, and, and input control. Yeah. A, B, iPad OS 17 introduced something that, uh, gosh, what is it called? It's the thing where you can plug in an accessory and get a driver, driver support. Yeah, driver kit. Yeah, so driver kit is an iPad OS 17. Asus, just make the app for iPad. You can do it now. It, it, so again, just the frustrations of being an iPad only user. But long story short, it works. I hooked it up to Twitch with my, um, two followers. And I, uh, so all in all, again, to explain camo open on the studio display and four by three, I don't know why, but the app does not extend to the full display camo. If you're listening to this, please figure it out. 
other apps do this. Third-party apps do this. This is not an Apple limitation. Yeah, it's not a – am I right that it's not a resizable window? It's kind of an old-school iPad window? No, well, it's resizable, but it, all the re- sizes are 4 by 3 Like so the you, settings app kind of? Kind well, yeah, kind of. So, okay. so certain, yes, yeah. I think is settings app not. I can't do it because I'm not. Yeah, the fine. settings app it resizes in a very janky way. Yeah, it's basically a square. And there's and so if anyone who's tried playing games on an external monitor with iPad might have run into this, they're squares as well. It, like if you plug Stardew Valley into from an iPad into a studio display, it will still be four by three. Like One a thing lot of you games can do. do um, PS Remote Play is a resizable window on an external yes. monitor, so you can actually play your PS5 on your studio display that way. Yeah, so that's that's what I was getting at. Some apps actually utilize this. It's it's uh, there's there's a system for this and and development. I don't know how complicated it is. Maybe the app has to know how to redraw at that scale, and it's going to require a lot of uh, R and D to make sure that the app presents itself properly in sixteen by nine. I don't know, but please just make it happen anyway. So you open, so I open Camo Studio on the studio display. Um, it, the main primary video is the capture card. So my Nintendo Switch video is getting piped in. Secondary video source, studio display webcam piping through the Thunderbolt connection of the iPad. So cool. So, and it, it can zoom in, crop out the background, and it's just my floating head and shoulders. And I put that. And I can put it wherever I want to in the camo studio, drag it into the corner, shrink it down so I'm not too big. Audio intent. This is the fun one. Do you want your iPad, studio display, streaming box uh, as your options? Oh, but the streaming box is grayed out. Can't select it. So, So here's what you do. Unplug the cable from the iPad, plug it back in. Suddenly... The last thing connected is the streaming box. You can now select it as your audio intent. Does it even sees it in the selection menu? Just grayed out. But anyway, so now everything's set up as it needs to be. Click a recording button so my session can be recorded to photos or files. Click stream to Twitch. Bam. I am now streaming to Twitch. I'm now having a local recording saved. If maybe I want to edit it and upload it to YouTube two external video sources. I'm talking through a microphone on my headset. I can hear all of my audio on the headset. Everything's working perfectly. And I still have my iPad Pro on the side. I open Twitch on that iPad Pro and I can now see my chat. Uh, I can see, you know, the reactions of people coming in, yada, yada. And my iPad mini gets a use case here too. I open Twitch on it as well but to the public feed so I can see my own stream and see that it's coming through correctly. And yeah, so I've basically backed myself into an actually good streaming setup, funny enough, on the iPad, completely run from it alone. And to play the games, are you looking at the Camo Studio window or the Switch? Are you hand-holding the Switch in some way? Oh, so um, when... this uh, I didn't actually mention this. Uh, it's coming through the Switch dock. So I have a uh, Genki Switch dock mini um, that that's basically a little outlet. And when you plug into a Switch dock, the Switch screen goes off. That's right. Yeah. Um, this actually is lagless. Uh, well, eh, whatever millisecond. Someone someone will tell me it's a one point four millisecond lag or something. It's imperceptible, but 
you go through to, yeah, I'm, I'm viewing it. That's why I really want them to make it full screen support on camo so I can use the full 16 by nine display to play my Nintendo Switch. Um, but yes, I am viewing the studio display to play the game. The iPad mini stream is actually about 10, maybe eight to 10 seconds behind. So I can glance down every now and then see what I was doing a second ago, but see it coming in at full, you know, 30 frames. And it's like, great. Everything's working as it should be. Like it's, it's perfect. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm not a streamer. Look, I have two followers. Like I, I, I don't know that I'm actually going to really do anything. With this. I just wanted to see that it was possible. And I've been thinking of plans of how can I utilize this? Cause I, I spent the money. I took the time. I don't know. I, maybe I just might start streaming for fun. If people want to follow me, I'm Hilly tech everywhere. Go Twitch. You'll just slash Hilly tech. It's fine. Mastodon. Same thing. Uh, I'm, but I'm on TechHub.social. but like, Hilly tech everywhere. And I'm going to post on Mastodon mostly when I'm streaming, but if anyone wants to come check it out, give me some encouragement in the chat. I would very much appreciate it, but I don't know. Maybe I'll play some games. I kind of have a concept. If anyone would be interested in this, uh, just to pitch it on the show, maybe I might go every Friday. Cause I don't, I work actually, uh, funny enough, a Monday through Thursday schedule because somehow I figured that out. Um, Fridays, I'm thinking I might go and play the Apple Arcade game of the week on the stream and discuss it, you know, like through the iPad and everything. So just running some concepts through my head, but I am by no means a streamer. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you could even use that setup to hook up your iPhone to camo and stream your iPhone doing something if you wanted to. Absolutely. Or I could hook up, you know, a compatible dslr and record myself do setting up shortcuts on an ipad on my totally. desk right yeah like there's there's a thousand ways to utilize this um i just need to figure it out yeah you should <laughs> do like a jackbox party day where people are throwing playing along in some way <laughs> yeah yeah like there's 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 ways to do this and it it can be a lot of fun i but again like i'm so busy as it is do i really need 15 more things to do this is right. definitely a hobbyist thing um is maybe your- my boss you have a PS5 you mentioned? I, I, I have a PlayStation 5. It, I haven't used it to stream. Okay. I'd imagine it's in a different room. It's not on your desk. Yes, it's in the living room. Okay. But luckily, it's um, pretty simple to move because uh, unlike the PS4 Pro, uh, the PS5 has the universal AC, whatever, 8-ball, um, like, AC outlet. So I'm going to probably set up a quick disconnect here at the desk of the an HDMI and power and just move it in here if i want to stream from it. i mean you could always just use the ps remote play app to stream that i guess that might not be great that's that's introducing For way a, too many lag, variables right? yeah. yeah like i would i it takes two seconds unplug two cables plug two in i can do that like right. I, that's that's fine now what i won't stream probably is psvr <laughs> no with me walking around with a headset on, i mean so. that would be entertaining there are streamers that do that i'm not sure how well the ipad would it I guess it would handle it fine. It would um, it would handle it because it's still an HDMI connection. Yeah, yeah. I'm more worried about me punching my monitor. So yeah, that's something you need to. <laughs> I'd have to put up a piece of plexiglass or something. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it, but yeah, yeah, it's 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 exciting because again, we didn't just like, even a year ago, six months ago, this was impossible, and now you can introduce this concept to a whole new group like a lot of kids say like have uh ipads you know the younger generation i have i have a a nephew who would be interested in streaming who has an ipad and it's like man all you need now is a usb compatible hub that's like 20 bucks 
and a microphone <laughs> and you can get on to camo studio and, and plug in your switch and just go. Yeah. And I think my, um, my hookup for my switch, it was less than 50 bucks for the capture card thing and the, the dock for my iPad and all that. Th- there's actually uh, even cheaper. So nowadays the, the mini docks are yeah. 20 bucks. Oh, nice. Yeah. I bought and this it's, cable thing. It's just a cable that plugs in from my switch to the iPad yeah, this thing's kind of a more of a boxy dongle yep. that has an, an HDMI port in it and a USB out. Um, like, and it's it's twenty dollars. The capture card that does 1080p, which is all the switches anyway, twenty bucks. Like, you could have a fully fledged streaming system for a ten point nine inch iPad for less than fifty dollars. And like, that's that's exciting to me. That's that's really cool to me. That again, this is just another barrier drop for the iPad as a computer community. Yeah, I I really wish the switch, uh, the next switch, would be able to use the dock without AC power in some way. <laughs> that is the most annoying part of getting it set up. So this this is a this is a fun thing. So um, I actually figured out um, if you get this one of these switch mini docks that I was talking about they're they're cheap but they work yeah they're the power out option is USB-C. so oh. just plug it into a battery and now it's fully portable that's awesome you don't need an ac outlet yeah, yeah that's great because federico vatici was going through this he bought a ac battery one like you know a portable battery like you charge your iphone with so it's not huge but it had an ac outlet on it in order for him to run his Nintendo Switch dock. And it's just like, I, I messaged him and was like, dude, no. Like, go get this thing. You All you need is a, a, a USB battery. and uh, But yeah, it works. It's 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 totally doable. You could set up a portable rig to make your iPad an external monitor for very cheap or create a streaming setup for very cheap. It's all actually getting very easy these days. Nice, yeah. Yeah, I played around with using the Switch, um, with using the iPad just as a monitor for my Switch. And that seemed a bit silly to me because the aspect ratio difference, difference and I have an OLED switch. Like it's, it seems like I'd rather just handhold the switch and it's a better experience for me. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm using it to get it on my studio display, but again, like no, no app actually does this yet. Um, and, and 16 by nine, uh, I tried the, um, Orion app. Yeah. That thing's pretty neat, right? I can't use it. Oh, cause that's just for the iPad screen basically. Right. I think for some reason it's limited to the iPad. And I and I told I, I messaged the Halide team and I was like, guys, um Camo does this. Like so, there's gotta be a way to make this work through a dock and through to an external monitor, and they're just like, We'll we'll look into it. But um yeah, that yeah, app like, is very skeuomorphic. I'm not sure if they're <laughs> Yeah, yeah it's a it's a silly it's a project that they did and now they're fo- focused on their video video app um that they just announced yesterday as we record. Um so yeah, that's probably not going to happen. But I, someone will step in and make this work on a sixty-nine by nine external display. As far as using it that way, but I don't think anyone's going to beat Camo at the utility of having a streaming service. Um, and I'm only scratching the surface of Camo Studio. I haven't even gone in and done like web hooks for different like, um, you know, you can do those robot voices that announce this person followed you or this person donated. You know, like I like I haven't done any of that. But Camo supports it, so um, just. I, I love that developers have already started doing a lot of work here, and this feature's weeks old at this point. Yeah. Game streaming is such a weird thing, because I've tried it in the past, back when PS4 built it into the console, 
And I, I found myself not enjoying games as much at times. It's like, hard. I tried playing Mario. So so my streaming experience so far has been kind of funny. So I played Mario Wonder, and I discovered very quickly that that game is very difficult to switch, uh, to, to t- stream. Sorry. Yeah. That, that game is very difficult to stream because I see a follower come in and I... There's if there's no one if there's no one there I'm not going to just talk to myself maybe I should because 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 I started realizing like if no one's here to hear me and I'm not talking and someone comes in and I'm not talking then are they going to leave because I'm not so do I need to just have a constant stream of consciousness going or you know or if I do see someone come into the, the thing so I, I I one time I had like two or three people in that was fine whatever again I'm, I don't care I'm not a professional I'm just toying around um and, you know, I'd start talking to me like, hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm, uh, you know, this is hooked up through an iPad and stuff. And uh, they're probably just bots because no one responded. But, um, yeah, as soon as I started talking or paying attention to the fact that there were people in the room, I started dying very quickly. Yeah, because got to play just, Yoshi, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. But it's just like I – my my consciousness, yeah, like I, – I, yeah, now I'm splitting my attention. So, yeah, it's like streaming is actually very difficult. So I switched to Pokemon so I can just smash A and – you know and keep moving but uh it again it's it's an interesting concept and just another thing that i want to experiment with now just because it's possible that um it it, on ipad and uh it's funny that all apple has to do is add a software feature and introduce an entire new industry to a product like it's just funny to me how that works it is pretty cool i i've yet to see i don't know like would camo be a tool that you could offload vhs tapes to your iPad in a good quality way, or does a different app need to be created for that kind of bespoke purpose? I don't know. Um, well, I mean, uh, anything that pipes in the, the thing and lets you hit the record button should do it fine. Yeah. Uh, the limitation there, of course, is you're going through a, you, you'd have to get an analog, basically the white, yellow, red cable to HDMI to make this work, or you'd have to specifically get a capture card that converts that analog signal yeah. and El- has El- an input. Elgato used to sell this thing from the Mac. It was USB to the the old school things for yeah. this exact thing, but I think it's probably proprietary for the Mac in some way. It's Yeah, there's, there's going to be some limitations there, but I mean, there's better tools for that, and honestly, like, unless... Unless it's home video, I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's, just, that's, just the, go, that's the use case, right? Just go video. buy Con Air for four dollars on iTunes. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, but it it does have its applications and its uses, and I, I like. And again, people are so clever; they just figure out new ways to do things with stuff that, like, I just wouldn't even conceptualize myself. Um, but like, and if this streaming thing, if I can get more than five people to watch me or whatever. I'm interested in hooking up my analog pocket and playing Pokemon Yellow. You know? Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. You know, because uh, you, you just you you can output HDMI from the analog pocket through the dock. Um, you can buy Nintendo 64 conversion kits to convert them to HDMI. Uh, and analog's actually coming out with a Nintendo 64 model in uh, early I next saw. year uh, to so play cartridges tempted. on. And I have quite the cartridge collection. Yeah, so that's I'm like, the one console yeah. I've been collecting because it's like oh, this is a manageable console to get every game for because there's only like I don't yeah, know. it's like four dollars for rugrats in paris i'm like all right i'll go buy that yeah there's That's not fine. that many games <laughs> there's like what 200 to three I, 300 games in total i forget yeah it's not it's not bad i don't i'm not one who's buying all of them i'm just buying the ones i played when i was yeah. nine so i can you know have them 
but uh you know Torok oh man look at all this fog but um yeah like it's great it's so it's so fun to be nostalgic that way but it would be fun to uh you know stream that so again i'm just kind of conceptualizing ways i can implement that bring my hobbies into streaming because it's it's easy to do yeah but it it is wild how this one feature that apple added was like Oh, this means all these other apps could could come because I've been asking for years for HDI input support, and we we got it basically. I mean, this is yeah, just, yeah. Well, so that that brings us to our our next kind of topic, I guess, and that's what would we change about the iPad or bring to the iPad, right? Yeah, I like, mean the audio. So- the audio is the obvious answer for us, I think, at this moment. Yeah, yeah. Audio intense is is huge. Um, clipboard managers. I think Apple needs to open the door to system wide control systems like um like like clipboard managers. You know, they're kind of doing it. They're showing signs that they're interested in these kinds of things with like password managers because you mm-hmm. can implement one password across the system anywhere an autofill is available. Um, just do that with clipboard and make it private and make it accessible and uh. Again, audio tents, make it private, make it accessible, give us a control panel. Control Center already tells you and gives you options to control the audio and, and video. It's it's like we're a quarter step away. It doesn't even make sense why it's not even there yet because it's like they forgot to toggle it. There's like a button they forgot to press before they hit launch. Um, we're so close. Like we're even closer than like say in 2019 when everyone was like, oh, all they got to do is this. It's like, no, like now – my goodness, they've done everything. They just haven't turned on the feature. I would like, but I would like to uh, just see stuff like that get better. Like apps, like I said, I want, I want like Pixelmator Pro to just come to iPad, please guys, just, just do it. Photomator's good. So, the, so anyone listening who's curious, the difference between Photomator and Pixelmator Pro, Pixelmator Pro is a vector editing, like photo application where you can drop in shapes and images on top of each other and layer it and then and export it okay affinity designer kind of tool set right but it's also a photo editor with color saturation cropping it's it's all so pixelmator pro is actually an all-in-one tool whereas right now i'm using photomator to do ml super resolution to double the size of an image and export it as a png paste it into design uh, affinity to designer in order to do my vector um, images. It doesn't need to be a two-step system guys. Just make it like, and photo photo mater is actually not that many features away from being uh pixel mater pro. I just don't know why they they're keeping the distinction or, or what they're doing here, but I hope there's plans to bring that over because it's an M1 iPad. Like it can run it. I'm running on my M1 uh, MacBook Pro. It's M1 Pro, sure, but like it doesn't need all that juice to run it. So it's just one of those funny ones that's just like, guys, come on, just bring the features over. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and as far as missing missing apps, I've I've bring it up uh, every now and then as Rapid Weaver. I'd love to see Rapid Weaver come to the iPad. That's my one app I very much it's like a web development. What's that? What What's that for? Uh, web development. It's uh, yeah, okay, it's basically yeah. iWeb Pro back in the day, and it's still an active development for the Mac. Nice. Yeah, I want, and this this is a different conversation. I want a GameCube emulator. You know, like get, there is that Dolphin I, thing. If you uh, Dolphin if you, does work, you can. I, what, it, you need to like hack the App Store thing. That's the thing. Like when the App Store opens up in Europe, maybe we find a way to get some of these apps on this thing. 
it's tricky. I'm a collector, so I'm I'm not afraid to say um, I'm not stealing because I own these games and I want to play them in different places. So, you know, get back to me on that. Like, but I the don't, GameCube I do, is such a perfect fit for IPEX. It's four by three. Yeah, so like it, it would be such a good system, and it can upscale to 4K. And alt store is fine. I know how to do. It. I even have a Mac sitting here. I could just do alt store, but it's I just, just a pain. It. In the butt. It's I just mean. it's a it's a lot. And but like it, it would be just so cool if Nintendo man just money 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 just build an emulator yourself. It's yeah, officially Nintendo licensed account, and sell right? it. Yeah, and sell yeah and sell or yeah just make Nintendo Online available to stream to iPad. But like stuff like that would just be really cool because at this point. It's hard for me to think what's missing other than like the two things I mentioned before because it's the iPad's such a comfortable, perfect device for me. It just fits my workflows. It does what I need it to do. I don't have it. People will say, well, you're going through so many workarounds to get this done. Why not just use a Mac? I don't really even consider them workarounds. This is just how you use the system. You set up shortcuts. You uh, download these extra apps to use them as extensions in your workflow. Um like, how is that any different, really, than going on a Mac and downloading all these different control options and all these different menu bar apps? Like, I don't see it yeah, as I used any to, different. My Mac days, I used Quicksilver as an add-on to the Mac system in a similar way that Shortcuts is to what we do. Yeah, like, it's 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 funny to me that people are like, you're going through all these, you know, lo- uh, hoops to uh, use an iPad. I'm like... You have to do all this setup on Mac too. It's just different setup, but it's it's still you're still going through every menu and everything and checking the boxes and making sure it all communicates the way you want, exports the way you want, works the way you want. I'm just doing it on an iPad in a different way. And some of it can be a little convoluted, but it's getting less so as time goes on. And I just wonder what Apple's plan is for this platform because uh it sounds like twenty twenty four is gonna be an exciting time for iPad users. Yeah, and I guess when I Final questions is um, you mentioned you have PSVR two, I believe. Yes. So uh, headsets are not scary to you. Is the price tag of Apple Vision Pro uh, uh, scaring you off, or is that something you're excited to get on day one? Well, so Apple Vision Pros in my future. Um, I'm interested in it for multiple reasons. One, I want to be able to talk about it. Like I'm, I'm on a podcast, you know, Apple insider is kind of a general news tech podcast. And I, I don't want to be a, well, John Syracuse has said this, right. I, I want to have like, I want to be able to say my real world experiences and share using this device. And Apple vision pro funny enough is an extension of iPad pro is it not like, like we're evolving the ecosystem of iPad OS, the apps, in the app store, the interaction paradigms to vision pro. This is just an evolution of how of everything built for iPad coming to uh, AR and VR. So I think it's the perfect extension of this system. And I don't know how it fits in with the iPad going forward. I don't, I would know. I don't think as of right now it would replace an iPad. I would still want portability. I would still want to take my iPad to some, a hotel or someone else's house and work from it, right? I'm not going to do that on Vision Pro. Um, but but Vision Pro would definitely be like an excellent, I'm in my office, I'm going to open up all these windows, and heck, even my iPad Pro sitting here can run a window inside Vision Pro. Like, it's definitely an interesting concept to me. The price makes sense. It's a lot, and it's kind of within my budget. <laughs> we'll have to see when it comes out. Um, it's just, I, I can't help but think, this is, for me, the first Apple device, 
that is a new paradigm shift, a new operating system, a new interaction thing uh, coming out while I'm working this beat as an Apple reporter. And I kind of, I, you know, you listen to like Joanna Stern or uh, John uh, Gruber talk about when the iPhone was announced because they were reporting at the time and how they stepped into this world. And now they can say dec- a decade plus later that, yeah, that was truly like world changing. And I know Vision Pro isn't going to be the iPhone world changing, but it's definitely going to be something important. I think I should have a voice and a, a proper opinion about an experience about for sure. And yeah, as you said, it's kind of like iPad users are the most perfect users of this new platform because I'd say we're more flexible uh, computer users than the Mac people that are we're, stuck we're in trained race. for it. We're, we're trained for it. this. The, all of the workflows that we've built for iPad, the shortcuts, the apps, everything translates directly to Vision Pro. It's not like we have to go to Vision Pro and come up with new workarounds. Everything we've done for iPad is what's going to work on Vision Pro. And the Mac users, I can already hear it now, are going to be the ones saying you can't work from Vision Pro because they're the ones who are using, you know, these terminal commands and uh, complex clipboard management systems and all this stuff that just isn't on iPadOS, not yet anyway, uh, and saying, I can't reproduce my work on Vision Pro because I'm used to all of these complex systems. But anyone who's worked from iPad um, who already has everything, their workflows put together for iPad will have no problem on Vision Pro. Yeah, and it'll be like, I don't know, like the iPad will become like my laptop and then Vision Pro is my like desktop. desktop. Yeah. yeah. More That's kind of the way I see it. Yeah. Um, I What does that mean though? Like, do I get rid of my studio display and just have like an empty desk to work from? Um, Minority Report style, just sit yeah, down and open up the all whole, these screens. The desk setup's going to be interesting how that'll... Here's a picture of my desk setup, and it's just an empty desk. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like you have a pen and paper there. What, what are you doing over there? Yeah, um, it'll. It's going to be a thing, and I'm. I'm as much as I said it. Like I do want it, but budget wise, it's probably. It's it's definitely at that line of hmm, maybe not, and especially right now since Apple's only going to sell out of their store initially. I think. Um, yeah, I'll be I curious be how to... they do this because I want to order yeah. one on day one. I don't know if that means it's going to make me go to a store to fit it or if I'll be able to do an online thing. I, I think at least the first batch is going to be in-store pickup only because they don't want to send it straight to someone's home and then break it trying to set it up, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But th- this is this is different from Apple Watch. This is different from iPhone or iPad. It requires a lot of setup. It requires prescription glasses for some people. Um, I and Apple even said in their last um, earnings call, which is another reason why listening to these can sometimes be helpful. They said Vision Pro is an Apple Store experience, and um, so maybe they'll allow things like Best Buy to do it because Best Buy has those little Apple um, alcoves or whatever. Uh, so like. That's where I want to buy it because I I happen to have like a stupid Best Buy credit card and I was like I'll just put it on there, <laughs> uh, you know yeah hey I have two years of interest free uh, payments why not yeah um, I was I, I was do- always curious the Apple card will they give us uh, twenty four months or the the standard twelve <laughs> I use my so the problem with the Apple card is and there's other problems that we don't have time for uh, Goldman Sachs but 
my Apple card is actually the center pillar of my like financial system. I use it as the same as cash card. I pay it off at the end of each month. I never accrue interest. I've actually never had one interest payment on it, thankfully, but I use it for everything. And if I put a vision pro on there, I'm not going to have that much. (laughs) I, I don't want, you know, I don't, I don't want to erase all of my overhead for my same as cash card, uh, just so I can have a, a payment plan on Vision Pro, right? Yeah, so yeah. it's messy, but again, we'll just have to see when we get there. I hope that maybe in the future I can come back on uh, iPad Pros and talk about, or Vision Pros and talk about um, Apple Vision Pro and, yeah, and uh, get into it. Yeah, that'll be great. Yeah, I'm so curious about <laughs> early next year and what this will look like for the rollout and how how incredibly difficult this uh, item will be to actually purchase probably because yeah it might actually be hard like to actually get the first copy or whatever and uh, are people going to be hawking these on ebay for twenty thousand dollars yeah we'll see Uh, um so i have one question for you i don't know how long you normally have these run uh yeah shoot uh so what do you think, what industry does Apple need to disrupt next? What product do they need to release? And I'll give you my example to, just to help you along the question. Uh, we need routers again. I need an Apple mesh network again that incorporates Apple TVs, HomePods, and like a central node, like an airport router that, that communicates to all these things and just extends and amplifies my Wi-Fi network, all controlled by Apple, HomeKit router support, the whole nine yards. Apple could really kill it. Like they real. I, I wish they would get back into the router game. What about you? I mean, I miss the routers deeply. I have the one HomeKit Linksys router, and it's not great. Um. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, Linksys. I, everyone's given up on that. I had a Mastodon post about this recently because I, I it kind of jumped into my head. It's like, whatever happened to HomeKit routers? Because I bought a Linksys router that they said they were updating with HomeKit support. Yeah, it's, it's the MX4200 or something I have here. I've got... Yep. And I got one for my desk down here uh, because the mesh networking is actually really amazing to me. Yeah. I have my PS5 awesome. plugged over Ethernet to it, and that... It's magical. Like, I can remote play, like, states away and have a good experience with that wired connection to this wireless router. I don't know how it does that, but, uh, yeah, it's, great. no, it's, it's the, the mesh networking is great. And uh, I have two Linksys routers. One of them is the home kit compatible one. And one of them is Wi-Fi six, the step above, uh, the base. Cause the 4,200 that does home kit is actually kind of their base offering, which is like $200. Yeah. And, and then it, I have the, I forget 5,000 series Wi-Fi six router that they offer. That's like $300. It doesn't. It, then the, it doesn't let you do HomeKit. So I would actually have to replace that one with the forty-two. So I would have two forty-two hundreds, and then I could do HomeKit. But it's not worth it because they're Wi-Fi six. And I looked into it, and is um, Eero has a statement on their website. They have no intention of implementing HomeKit router support in their future routers. So uh, Linksys says just. No, <laughs> we're not doing it anymore. There's no mo- modern router company actually bothering with HomeKit router support and i'm just like is this just going to be dead now like wi-fi 7 is coming next year like can none of us upgrade who have home kit routers to a new system like what happened here why is the ball being dropped but again apple just step in and fix it yeah make make a new router my answer would probably be printers i've hated every printer we we've gotten no one seems to make a a nice apple printer um yeah 
And an aperture should come back. (laughs) Aperture should be a thing. It should be on iPad as well as the Mac. And let's bring back a professional Apple photo editor. That's a monthly subscription. (laughs) Yeah, that you could pair with a photo printer, even, you know. Yeah, right, right. No, aperture, I loved aperture. Um, I had a MacBook back when that was still a thing. And man, yeah, I agree. Uh, Like, I'm happy that we have Darkroom. Um, I actually. Uh, started using Photomator exclusively instead of because I was using Darkroom for certain things and Photomator yeah, for great. other things. Yeah. Um, and Darkroom has a lot of great filters, but I st- started just using Photomator mostly. But yeah, there's a lot of great options out there. But something about Aperture just really kind of it being Apple's thing just kind of made yeah. it nice. For sure. Yeah. And yeah, Photomator is my favorite. Just the user interface just speaks to me the most. I've tried them all. Yeah. And their super resolution and their denoise systems are really good. They're very smart. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, anything else we haven't covered they'd like to before we wrap it up? I just want to uh, mourn the loss of Twitter and uh, the (laughs) (laughs) no, um, it just makes me sad. It it makes me feel like the tech community that we used to have there um, was splintered and fractured. And uh, I also had a pretty active presence on Reddit for the longest time and used Apollo. And they also went their way of the dodo as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I don't. Um, the only Reddit activity I get now is I get their email still. It's like I find a thread and I'll just open it and then close Safari yeah. after that, and that's about it. I I just don't have Reddit anymore. So like I just yeah. kind of had to give up on it. And same thing with Twitter. I have an account there, but it's not active. I might retweet an Apple Insider post because um, I use it to check for news because that's just what it's there for. Apple Insider has an account. I have to manage it. Like I can't wait for the day that it just finally burns down um so we never have to use it again just counting counting down to that moment um but i'm on mastodon um so that's nice and i i'm glad that the tech community found a home there but i still feel like it's kind of in its growing phase and i feel like there's still a lot of splinters out there of people trying to do different things or just have given up altogether and stopped using social so um i guess that's my last input of the show before before we close out is uh I've said it before on Apple Insider. Anyone who's listened will will have heard me rant on this forever. But Apple, take the le- take the next step in creating your own social network. <laughs> <laughs> I know, not ping, but we are one step away. And all I want is kind of a wall system where everyone can follow each other's quote unquote walls, where you can post status updates or photos. That would be so nice. And have it just be family and have it like in the iMessage app. And that's it. Just a stream of consciousness from other people that you allow in. No ads. Yeah, no the old, nothing. Basically just the people. old Facebook wall mechanism. The old Facebook wall. Because we already have group chats. We already have iMessage. You know, we have the FaceTime systems. You can do shared photo libraries. Uh, every portion of what you would call a social network is available on Apple's ecosystem. They're just kind of disconnected. Connect it in the middle with a uh, streamable private wall interface and call it something silly and it would be amazing because that's what everyone says. Like, I'm on Facebook because grandma needs f- pictures of the niece and nephew and I'm like, oh, fine, <laughs> whatever, do you? I just, I don't use Facebook I don't, I don't, and that's why I'm not on threads. I don't think, I, I it's just not a good idea. I'm glad they're getting, going federated so I can follow threads accounts on Mastodon, but there's just not a great central option anymore. And I, I'm, I'm just mourning that. So I just wanted to mention that at the end and, um, 
to transition into the closing, I would say, guys, yeah, go give me a follow on Mastodon. I'm not huge there or anything. I've never been particularly huge on social, but I'm growing on Mastodon. I'm actually about to surpass the amount of followers I had on Twitter previously, which is nice. So it kind of makes me feel feel good about the transition. So yeah, give me a follow on there. I'm usually talking Apple tech. You know, I don't get too crazy. Um, and you you can see see my streaming times there and links to that if I start doing that more often. And um, Apple Insider, if you go to our webpage, you can see my face and my name as a byline. Click on it, and you'll see a little bio that that I've written about myself and every article that I've written. Uh, inside pages do not have my name on them. That's the that's the secret surprise. <laughs> but if you find yourself on an inside page, just know, hey, that's that's me too. That's your handiwork, yes. Yeah, Excellent. and I'm also I'm also on the Apple Insider podcast. You know, go give us a follow on Apple Podcasts. Um, I think it's a fun listen. Me and William uh, William Gallagher. He's he's in uh, the UK. He's got that fun British accent. Um, I think it's a it's a good listen. We usually talk Apple news. So give me a follow there. Yeah, um, he loves uh, Ted Lasso. So just yeah. yeah, go and ask go ask William Gallagher about his favorite episode of Ted Lasso. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's that's me. Well, excellent. Thank you so much, Wes, for your time today. This has been a really fun chat, learning how uh, you use iPad for game streaming and kind of your journey through uh, through uh, the years here. I'm glad you had me on. Um, I hope I wasn't too long winded. You know. <laughs> It's always weird talking about myself, you know. I don't, I don't get to do it often. I mean, the Apple Insider show is not about me, so we're we're talking about Apple news. But I'm glad I got to uh, kind of discuss my journey here. Yeah, absolutely. And we'd love to have you on Vision Pros, where uh, we get our hands on those. Right. Yeah, that'd be fun. Well, that's my discussion with Wes. My thanks again to Wes for his time recording this episode, and my thanks to you for your time and attention tuning in. My thanks again to Glisten for sponsoring this episode. Download Glisten for iPad, iPhone, and Apple Watch right now from the App Store. My thanks again to Glisten for supporting the podcast. As a reminder, you can also support the podcast and get early access to both iPad Pros and Vision Pros over patreon.com slash iPadPros or by subscribing in Apple Podcasts. With that, I'll talk to everyone again real soon.